Welcome to Funny Parents, everybody. I'm Mary Teresa Archibald. And I'm Pat Shea. And it's great to be back. On episode 13. Dun, dun, dun. I just mimed a piano. Yeah. Well, I did that. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, episode 13. Amazingly, though, what it's episode 8. Since, the since April, right? Yeah. The yeah. Rebirth of Any Parents. And we are so thankful to all of you who are listening, sharing, subscribing, reviewing. Please continue to do so. It is really helping. Yeah. And it and it's just so it's so fun to check in and the stats and see, you know, that people in Dallas are listening to these stories and I hope you're enjoying them. And uh, and people only I'm from Colorado Springs. People in Denver are listening and uh, and people in L.A. and Albuquerque, Sydney, Sydney. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. The Aussies are listening. The Aussies are listening. Yes. Yes. Yes, we are anyway. so happy. But um, so we are very excited tonight because we have uh, a surprise storyteller. Surprise episode thirteen, <laughs> Friday the thirteenth. Uh, In a little bit, we're going to hear from our friend Ben Rosenfeld. But first, your surprise storyteller tonight is none other than Petche. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell a story of something. Well, you're a part of it. As I'm, well. a part, I'm an interjector. Yes. I, I, that's what I enjoy that. Like even when we go to parties, like <laughs> Pat will tell a story and then I'll interject. And Mary will say, get to the point. I often do because Pat yeah. can ramble. Pat can ramble. I, I make him more succinct. There you go. There you go. Um, so let me tell you about so- Pache. I'll give you his bio. <laughs> um, he was born. Do, do you even remember? I was there yeah, most of it. You were, uh, where I was born? <laughs> He was born in Germany. I was born in Germany. In Heidelberg. Yeah. He's a military brat. Um, yeah, Pat is a veteran of the Second City, I.O. Chicago, which is where we actually met. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you've heard on of. the steps of 3541 North Clark Street. Yeah, while he was putting on his rollerblades. On the steps inside. The steps of, uh, right next to the box office. Yes. For, uh, for yeah. I think more about the rollerblades. Pat used to yeah. rollerblade everywhere. It was like his calling card. Yeah, I yes. did. I did. And then I'm from New York, so I dragged him to New York, and he became a teacher at the People's Improv Theater and performer, television, all that good stuff. Um, and he's going to share a story about our children yeah. and the idea that it's hard to continue your career after having children. Or is it? Bum, bum, bum. He didn't do the hand gesture. <laughs> I'm a big apologizer. Truth. <laughs> yes, Mary Mary will definitely witness that I am a big apologizer. Yes. And it's something that I think of in the context of also my career as a performer and really the logistics of having a baby. Uh, we were recently contacted by a friend who is also a comedian and just had a baby and they were feeling very overwhelmed in terms of, well, what's my career now? What, what does my career look like? And, uh, and it made me think a lot about this one audition that I went on and going on commercial auditions. I always want to be the professional guy on time, you know, uh, well-dressed or dressed to the part, dressed perfectly to the part and, uh, and cordial and, and all the things that I was always told in 
acting class to be, right? This, these are the people that get hired, right? And it's true. A lot of reliability goes an awful long way uh, in any industry. Goodness gracious. Um, but the thing is, too, uh, I also noticed that I had a friend while I was out auditioning who was always late. Uh, he sometimes would leave if you felt like, oh, this is running behind. I'm out of here. Uh, and, uh, and I always thought uh, for some reason that worked for him. He, he booked stuff all over the place. I was always jealous of him. Yeah. He was the zero fucks guy. I give zero fucks why this happens. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. People really admired that because he was perfectly upfront and straightforward about that. And so then sometimes I'd be late and I'd, I'd be like, Hey, that's, you know, he can do it. I'll be late too. And I couldn't, and I would never get whatever a call back, or I was certainly never book uh, anything being like that because it just wasn't authentic to me. It's somewhere inside. I was dying to apologize. And I would, I'd show up and I'd be like, I'm so, uh, there was a problem with the so, and I couldn't get out of work. And, uh, and of course, adding in the logistics of a kid that just amplified to a hundred percent. You know, uh, because then sometimes I mean, Mary and I would often do what we call baby handoffs, right? Uh, or you were calling it a B- BHO. BHO. Yeah. Where, it, because if she would have an engagement somewhere in town and I would have one maybe an hour later somewhere else in town, uh, I would bring our kid or kids eventually in and, uh, and we'd meet someplace usually on a train platform and, uh, and I would just hand her the stroller and the diaper bag and go off to my engagement and she, and she'd bring the boys home, uh, or the boy It started with one. And, uh, and, but then there were also times where, where you didn't have that, where you just had to bring a child to an audition. And there are some casting offices where that's great. And there, there are some that are either because it's a very small space or because of uh, the tone of the place, you, you understand very quickly that it's not great. Um, one way or another, one day, the boys were four and two at this point. And, uh, and our four-year-old uh, Tom was attending a half-day pre-K at a little Catholic school about a mile from us, not on the trains, though. We had to drive to that. And then uh, and we got into a logistical situation where I got a callback for a commercial and Mary got a really cool audition. And we're, we think maybe it was a Netflix show. Something like that. Yeah. I, we don't remember, but it was something that looked really juicy and cool. And it was like, wow, this is great great opportunity. And of course they were about an hour and a half apart from each other. And of course they were about an hour and a half after Tom, our four-year-old would get out of pre-K for the day. And at this point we had him in half day pre-K so he could come home and take a nap. Like, uh, it was still, he was a napping kind of guy, you know? And, uh, but we, we worked it out, right? Uh, uh, she'd go to her audition. I'd pick up uh, Tom. I'd bring our four, our two-year-old, obviously, to pick up uh, Tom uh, from pre-K and bring him back. And then we'd get on the train because driving in Manhattan and parking in Manhattan uh, is not something that is sane to do, uh, especially if, you know, most commercial auditions, you're in and out of there in 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's this really fun thing, you know, uh, you go in, you've got usually some funny, uh, stuff to read and you do it and then you're gone. It's 30 seconds in the room sometimes. But because of the nature of that, it often yeah. doesn't warrant hiring a babysitter. Oh well, yeah. 
Because exactly. it's silly. I don't, you're not going to spend that money to hire somebody so that you right. can go in for 30 seconds. Because And also the babysitter, it, that would be at home at the apartment. And so that's whatever, four hours of babysitting or three hours of babysitting uh, just to cover really the two minutes that you're in the room or on a callback, maybe five minutes that you're in the room. Uh, so we, but we've got this plan and it's going to be good. And so I, Mary goes to her, we, we take Tom to school in, you know, in the morning and a couple hours later, Mary heads in for an audition and I pack up the diaper bag and I've just got everything for both of the boys. So they'll have everything, snacks and water and milk and everything that they need. And, uh, and I, get the two-year-old into the car. We go pick up Tom from, uh, from pre-K and we drive back and park in the neighborhood. Uh, but by this point it's raining and it is raining hard. It's one of those hard winter rains. And, uh, and that's a lot of logistics, uh, cause we park and from our apartment to the train, that's, with with a four year old and pushing a stroller, that's a good ten minute walk. You know, uh, that's that's not easy. And I, I give Tom the umbrella, uh, but I'm just pushing the stroller. We have the big plastic thing that we put over the stroller, and and then we get to the train station, and I've got to get it up the stairs, uh, which uh, the platform is a good four stories actually above ground. Uh, the seven train in uh, in New York runs. Uh, on an elevated track, uh, which generally we really like because you get sunlight, but when it rains, the whole thing just comes to a crawl. And so we get on the train and I'm watching the clock and, uh, and I'm realizing that, that it's going to be what is usually a 20 minute ride to Times Square station, which by the way, is where Mary's going to meet us for the Mm -hmm. baby handoff, the BHO. Uh, what's usually a 20 minute ride, I believe is going to be about an hour is is my estimation, which also means that I'm going to be late and, uh, I'm getting stressed about this. So I text him and I say, Hey, heads up. They're running late at my audition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's fine right now because, Hey, at least that aspect of it's fine because, Hey, uh, I'm running behind. This'll work out. This'll still work out. And, uh, and it's just puttering and puttering and puttering. We get to Times Square and uh, Mary's still waiting to go in for her audition. And by the way, in the waiting room to go in for probably a two to five minute audition. Yes. That's how much time you actually spend in the room. Uh, so, okay, I've got to take the boys uh, down to my casting office and then maybe she'll meet us by the time we go in. At this point, it's already past time for my audition. And... Uh, and uh, I'm running across with the boys, running across uh, the quarter mile of hallway between where we got off the train and where we have to get on the next train in Times Square Station, which is surprisingly big. And uh, at a certain point doing this, I just have a moment and slow down. And, uh, and I've got the stroller and I've got the four-year-old in my, you know, with my hand. And I say, you know what? I know I've done my best. I know I've done my best. And when I go in today, whatever happens, I'm not going to apologize because I know I did my best to get there. And right at that moment, like it, all of that stress from the years uh, of, of before having kids 
And then even the stress of after having kids and, and thinking that there's, there's something wrong, the, the, that there's this, this, I don't want to say burden, but there's this extra thing that I have to do. Suddenly that all just disappeared. And, uh, and, and, and I just realized that I'm here, I'm doing my best. And first, the most important things are right here with me. And uh, whatever happens down at, at that audition, if it's my last audition, fine, you know, uh, because I've got these guys and I love them, you know. Uh, so I get down there. And by the way, the walk from that train station to that casting office is another 10 minutes. And this it's just pouring. It is pouring. And we get there and I am drenched, like head to toe drenched. And also as, as, uh, you know, as, as Mary will attest, when I get really wet, my hair frizzes up, you know, he also is against umbrellas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, well, I gave the boy, the, the boy has the umbrella. He's but no, staying, in general, Pat is against umbrellas. I, I am. I, I, especially in a city, they poke people in the face and they're, they're just, just get wet. That's my general thought. Not when I'm going to an audition though. Uh, so I get in, and, uh, and I realized very quickly, it's, uh, I was surprised actually that they were still running the audition. I figured that they had, that they had just stopped it. Uh, but I, I did not apologize. Uh, I signed in and I, and I, and I did say, I know I'm late to the casting director when he came out to call the next people in. Uh, but I'm waiting, by the way, Mary still hasn't come. So now we've got the situation where, uh, where, and the place is filling out. I'm going to be the last person to go in. There aren't going to be any other actors to watch my kid and, and, and kids. And I, and I start to realize that. And, uh, eventually I start talking to them about that. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, bigger context, there are people, the, the big casting directors who run that office are all parent, uh, parents and, and good, They're you know, kind, yes. yeah, kind people who I know my kids are overall safe in that area. I do know though, that I brought a four-year-old and two-year-old into someone else's office and, uh, and it's a big office and, uh. And, and you're out of snack. And yeah, and the two-year-old has been sitting still in a stroller for, you know, a good hour and a half to two hours at this point. Uh, so, I, you know, having that conversation with them, realizing that I'm going to have to go in and, uh, and just have my four-year-old hold my two-year-old's hand and ask my four-year-old to look out for my two-year-old, my two-year-old to look out for my four-year-old. And by the time I go in, there's no one to play my wife. It, had, it was supposed to be a couple... Uh, there's no one to play my wife. They've sent all the wives home. Uh, so they have to have the receptionist come in. It's after five. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that they're even deigning to see me. And I know that this is the time in the room. Everyone's on their computers. Everyone's on their, you know, everything like that. I go in, I audition. It's fine. I It's fine. And I leave. And by the time I walked out, I came in. Mary has, Mary's arrived and the boys are playing with her and everything is good. No matter, even if, if it's the last thing I ever touched in the industry, everything is going to be good. And, uh, and maybe that was the authentic lateness that, uh, that our friend was so able to conjure because two days later, uh, I got a call that, uh, that because I had a conflict on one of the dates and, uh, and I got a call that, that they needed to shoot and they needed to shoot that day, that very particular day. Um, and they, they insisted it was me or they were going to, 
you know, uh, well, I, that's something my agent told me, <laughs> you know, who knows, but, uh, one way or another, uh, that was one of the biggest jobs or certainly the biggest paying jobs I ever, I have ever booked so far. Let's hope there's something else out there. Um, because somehow my kids taught, taught me that if you're doing your best, it's always enough. thing about Pat booking that job is that when he shot it uh, on March 2nd, Hmm. he texted me. He left at like zero o'clock because that's like the, you might not know that about shooting anything. You leave at like three o'clock in the morning to go do anything. It's one of those things. You get into acting thinking you'll be able to dress what you want and wake when you want. And it's the exact opposite. That's so funny. I never thought that. I thought oh. like, wow, the other people have to give me clothes and put makeup on my face. This is delightful. So oh, yeah. I don't have to do any of it. Well, because you have to be up so early in the morning that, yeah. Yeah, you need a team of people because you woke up at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. your hands don't work yet. <laughs> but anyway, so Pat texts me at like quarter to six in the morning. And he's like, uh, remember when that commercial said I, you do it with a rock star? Guess who that rock star is? I don't know why. Six o'clock, five forty-five. I was like, uh, Mick Jagger, because in my head, I guess Mick Jagger equals rock star. I was wrong, and he mm. said, "No, nope, this one is more for you." Mm. Yes. Uh, perhaps the only reason that Mary was ever attracted to me is that oh. I happened to share a birthday with one Mister John Bon Jovi, who, in my pre-adolescent years, was mm-hmm. the dreamiest of dreamies. Yes. Like yeah. he was the, he was everything, everything. So I am super excited now at 5.45 a.m. Like, oh my gosh, he's hanging out with John Bon Jovi, who of course yeah. shares the birthday. Yes. And it is our birthday. Uh, furthermore, we, we learned that there's a, a young boy about eight years old on set. It's his birthday as well. So uh, if that particular commercial uh, with John Bon Jovi, three people on set or on for in frame were celebrating their birthday the day we shot it. And just so you know, I completely am going to put up that commercial on our Facebook page. Oh, are you? Yes. Facebook.com slash funny parents. Go there. Twitter like it. loved that commercial. They just, yeah. They aired it. It aired an awful lot during and, like, during that time. Ad nauseum for like six weeks yeah. and then never yeah. seen again. Yeah. But it was wonderful. And by the way, uh, I think some people were unhappy because a child gets vaporized in the commercial. Uh, so it's important uh, to remember that in vaporizing my imaginary child, John Bon Jovi provided insurance for the other, to, for the two real ones. So... <laughs> Yes, we thank you for giving us our health insurance. Yes. For that year. Thank you, Mr. Bonjo. Yes. Thank you for so many things. Alex, <laughs> I'll, I'll go there. Thank you for so many things. Um, I did personally meet him years yeah. in, 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 later in life, and mm-hmm. I was just so blown away by how tight his jeans were. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. His jeans were so tight. Side like, note as well I always, when you talk with, about celebrities, he was very nice, great guy. Of course. Very, very nice. He's guy. from Sayreville, New Jersey. There you have How it. How could you not be nice? <laughs> right. Should we introduce Ben? Yes. Let's talk about <laughs> my friend Ben Rosenfeld, who I met actually doing a film class. Yeah. And he's a great stand-up uh, comic who you can actually uh, listen to his he's, stand-up. He has four comedy albums. Yep. They're all on iTunes. The Russian Optimist. Mm-hmm. Neurocomedy. The United States of Russia. Dun, dun, dun. 
and don't shake your miracle. And uh, he's been released by Comedy Dynamics. Yeah. He's actually also, along with his wife, who's a comedian, uh, has an illustrated book coming out mm. called The New Parent Smell. Yes. Funny thoughts on pregnancy, newborns, and tots. And we will have a link to that on facebook.com slash funny parents. I said it right. You did. And uh, you can pre-order it at newparentsmell.com. But Ben is going to share some of his funny stand-up comedy musings with us about parenting mm -hmm. and sometimes an unorthodox method of going there. Enjoy. Yes, let's do a tale. That sound that that sounds lovely. Uh, so I, I want to share a story of, of over winter break. Mm. Uh, but before I, I I need to give you a little background because I I don't I don't I don't think you could tell right away. But I, actually, I'm an immigrant. Uh, I was born in the worst part of Russia, uh, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> And like, you know, like, like things like I'm a practicing Russian, you know, like I was born in Russia, I speak Russian and I pirate software. <laughs> and I, I, I'm also Jewish, but I'm not practicing, you know, like I don't go to synagogue. I don't wear a kippah. I bought a Christmas tree and I liked it. Because <laughs> like the, the thing to understand is like growing up, my dad, he'd always have what we'd call a New Year's tree which is what non-Christians get December 26th for free. Sure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and so the, the thing with my dad is like me, right? Like I'm an Americanized immigrant, you know, like I sound American, I love football and I'm addicted to painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my dad, he, he's an immigrant immigrant, you know, like when I say football, he thinks soccer or I say soft drink, he thinks Bud Light. <laughs> nice. Or I say the president, he thinks, he thinks Vladimir Putin. Uh, Although he might be right about that one. But <laughs> so when we visited my dad over winter break, uh, my two-year-old daughter, she went running right up to his Christmas tree, all happy and looking at all the lights and which my wife, she hates, like she hates that he has a Christmas tree because she's a practicing Jew. Uh, uh, she like, yeah, she lights candles for Shabbat, uh, Hanukkah and Macy's white sale. Nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, you know, like I tried explaining to my wife, this isn't a Christmas tree. This is a Russian New Year's tree. It's different. There's no ornaments, no stockings, no hope. <laughs> so under the tree, there's a giant, there's this giant red inflatable horse for my daughter to like sit on and jump on. I don't know if you've seen these things. It's like, a, no. it's like a two foot tall inflatable horse seat that she can like jump on. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, and what what I should have told my dad is thank you for this nice gift. But but I I live in New York City, so I said, what the fuck are you doing? There's no room for this goddamn thing. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah, because like now when people visit, we got to use it as real furniture. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, Grandma. There's no more no more room on the couch. You got to sit on Sea Biscuit. Nice. <laughs> and, and I went into rage. I get into rage spirals sometimes as we talked about in the banter that's not on this and um my you know my dad he got mad at me and called me ungrateful but i i i calmed down and i apologize and, and like a, a little later we leave and so on on the way back from my dad's we get bagels are, are you guys in new york city or where are you uh well we left new york city a couple yeah. weeks ago but we live in queens our home is oh, new york city but oh, yeah. we're, we're in astoria cool, cool oh awesome yeah 
Yeah. So you know, like as we're eating the bagels, you've probably had it. Like my daughter's throwing the bagel all over the place as usual. <laughs> and th- th- that was when I realized like the biggest change I've noticed in myself since becoming a dad is how much food I eat off the floor. <laughs> nice. Like, I- I've yeah. gone from never none to sometimes yum. <laughs> Like l- last week I ate something that wasn't on the floor and I was like, this doesn't taste right. Yeah. And then I threw it, picked, rubbed it into the ground and now I'm like, mm, much better. Just needed Lysol. <laughs> wow. So w- we're walking home from bagels and, and it starts snowing because it, it's winter break. If your listeners fast forwarded to hear winter break story. And uh, my daughter, she gets excited about the snow, right? And I, I put on my gloves. I make a snowball, throw it at a tree. It explodes. She loves it. And the rest of the walk home, she has me make snowballs and points. She's like, throw tree, throw car, throw cat. <laughs> and it was so adorable. I didn't even realize she's being a little sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, right, uh, we, we get back. She takes her nap. And then she wakes up. I take my daughter to reading time. And, and the librarian, she, she, she was reading out loud this kid's book to the kids. This book called, I don't know if you've heard of it, Ten Fat Turkeys. No. no. Yeah, so she, it, it was, like I said, it was like wintry Thanksgiving theme, like December. So it's like a Thanksgiving book, 10 Fat Turkeys. But I noticed that instead of saying 10 Fat Turkeys, she keeps saying 10 Big Turkeys. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, then the next book, she starts reading The Ugly Duckling, but she keeps saying The Ugly Duckling. And so the, the thing is, like, my, my daughter's favorite story, it's a Russian book called Kalabok. And Kalabok, it's about a giant talking dinner roll. Yeah, that's all you need to know about Russian history. (laughs) Their greatest superhero is baked bread. And his sidekick, Butter. (laughs) Because it's interesting, like American stories are usually about magical talking animals, whereas Russian stories are about not starving. It's magic. (laughs) Ta-da. Oh. So last part of the story, we, we get home from the library, eat, I, we put the baby to sleep and, and my wife falls asleep too. And after she falls asleep, I tidy up around the house j- just so the place doesn't feel like a toddler tornado. Yeah. And, and I, I've been doing this for two years. Like if I'm a, a awake after both of them, I'll clean up. And like what I find ironic is my daughter, when she makes a mess and falls asleep, I think she's an angel. But when my wife ignores that mess and falls asleep, she's an asshole. <laughs> And that day over winter break, I finally confessed about my secret cleaning. And I was afraid my wife would get mad that I think she's such a slob. And when I told her, she goes, really? I never noticed that you cleaned. (gasps) (laughs) You need to do a better job. So the next time, yeah, the next time they fell asleep after that, I, I really took my time, tied it up real nice. And to make sure my wife noticed, I cut off the inflatable horse's head and left it in her bed. (laughs) One of the things I love about Ben is that he is no filter. He is just telling you exactly (laughs) what he thinks. Yeah. You know, he's not worried about, like, the PC parent world. You know what I mean? Yeah, apparently not. No, so I, I dig it because he's just someone out there and just saying it, saying sometimes all the hard stuff too. Yeah. Um, 
Yay. Thank you guys so much for thank listening. You. Thank for you listening for listening and uh, sharing it with your friends and liking and commenting, subscribing. And, and again, uh, we really appreciate it because we love hearing from you. We, we love seeing where you are and, and seeing what you're up to. Uh, so drop by our Facebook page, facebook.com slash funny parents and let us know. And you can see that commercial with Pat. I promise I okay. will put it up there. And um, truly, we are grateful because this podcast has helped us connect with a lot of friends mm -hmm. and a lot of other parents in a time that's mm -hmm. very important for all of us to connect with each other um, and maybe share a laugh. Thanks for listening. Thank you.